Welcome to the Crushing Cashflow Podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and dozens of decades of wisdom from investors and entrepreneurs of all types and all stages of their journeys. We'll cover many forms of cash flowing assets, such as real estate, stock investing, entrepreneurship, and general finance guidance. Listen in and learn from those who are crushing it out there, as well as those who have been crushed by business or their investments. Now, here's your host, Andrew Shutsky. Welcome back to Crushing Cashflow. With me today is Todd Dexheimer. You may remember him from uh, just a few months back launching. Todd, what's going on? How you been? I'm doing good, Andrew. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. So quick background, Todd. I mean, one or two lines, uh, Ten decade plus in multifamily, fellow podcaster. He's a coach, uh, actually my coach as well. He's a family man and a ski enthusiast. <laughs> uh, how, many, how many doors are you up to, Todd? Oh boy. Uh, I think we're now right around 1200 or okay. so. We sold a couple of this, a couple hundred this year, um, bought a few hundred. So yeah, I think, uh, right around that 1200. Awesome. Well, thanks for, thanks for coming back to join us again. Yeah, absolutely. Again, appreciate you having me on. It was fun the last time. So let's do it again. Always, always. So what have you been up to lately? Uh, you know, I think a couple big things. First, we've been buying a lot of senior assisted living. So we are taking down a property uh, very quickly, uh, 244 uh, beds. And the exciting part, listen to this, we are buying it. Our purchase price is 13.35 million. And it just appraised for $17.82 million. So we like that. (laughs) We like that a lot. Uh, So doing this uh, uh, quite a bit of that senior assisted living, also buying uh, multifamily. Mm -hmm. So we've got a couple very big repositions we're doing right now. And when I say reposition, most people think about value add. We are really changing the whole property. It's more than just a, a value add, which is kind of lipstick, I, more than lipstick. I mean, it's, it's still doing quality, right? But it's but it's not like you're not getting into walls. You're not changing the overall feel of the building that much. You're doing updates, right? Uh, where the reposition, we're really digging in. So focused a lot on those. Um, and then just trying to end the year strong, ho- hoping that we get another multifamily here under contract. Andrew, we just had a multifamily we had under contract that fell through, and that's very rarely mm. has happened to me. And uh, we can dive into that as well. That's probably a whole nother podcast episode of, of why, but essentially real quick cliff note version is uh, the seller uh likely fraudulated books, or at wow. least it appears to be. Uh, and, and I think they accidentally sent us a non-cleaned version of their financials, which was the true version. Wow. Uh, and the other thing is these guys are absolute 100% slum lords. And we found that out as we did our physical due diligence, um, uncovered a lot of, a lot wow. of nasty stuff. So, you hate to, um, we tried to retrade, uh, but quite frankly, we had to come down on value by $5 million just to make Ooh. the deal work. Uh, so we knew it wasn't going to happen. You hate to retrade. You hate to exit out of a deal. Uh, fortunately for us, you know, we kept really good notes, talked a lot with the broker. We've got a great relationship with that broker already. And the broker basically was the one that was apologizing for how 
horrible yeah. uh, these sellers were. So, wow. Well, I guess yeah. you're doing this crazy long deal. Enough. You're bound to see everything. You do it long enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like I said, we don't, we go into every property with the, with the plan to execute and purchase. Uh, we don't, we do not plan on a not, actually following follow following through with our yeah. our purchase agreement but um this one just had to happen wow well like i said you do it long enough you're bound to see something of everything all, all varieties right so <laughs> part of the experience so i want to i want to dig in today i mean we, we can come back to lessons learned maybe you know as you digest that some more in another episode i want to talk today we talked about value add you've done all, you've done more than your share of heavy lifting repositioning value add Wanted to pick your brain on your process for, you know, I'll say construction and improvement management, you know, from, from soup to nuts, we'll start high level. We can dig into certain areas, but you know, at, at a summary level, how do you begin your process, right? Is it start with, okay, your evaluation from there? Let's, let's walk through that. Well, first of all, I think you have to have a baseline knowledge of, of, of construction or of what needs to be done to properties or have somebody on your team that has that baseline knowledge. And that might be your trusted contractor. It might be your property management company. It might be a combination. Um, so for, for us, it's myself. Um, I've done a lot of construction through the years. I know costs. I know I've, I've got my actually general contractor's license in the state of Minnesota. Um, so that's myself. And then, uh, we're, we're working a lot with our property management company to determine what's the market actually need. And we're secret shopping other properties that are a comparable property. So we actually understand what they're doing to get the increased in rent, uh, increase in rents that we want to achieve. So I think it comes down to really understanding what the market demand is when you first come into a property. That's that's first and foremost. One of the things we like to do is we like to secret shop our competition prior to us actually doing our physical due diligence on the property. That way we understand, do we need to do new cabinets? Do we need to uh, you know, put tile backsplash uh, in the kitchen? Do we need to do stone or is it laminate countertops? Um, that, you know, that type of stuff. So we get an understanding of what needs to be done. Um, and you're doing and that- you you're doing that based on your your closest rent comps, I assume. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, any anytime you look at a property, you're you're saying, you know, hey, this thing's rented for eight hundred dollars a month. We think we can get uh, eleven hundred dollars per month. Well, what's that based on? That's that's based on the properties that are nearby, but yeah. have likely been improved, right? Uh, and so we're look. We want to look at those baseline though those properties as kind of our that's that's Target. what we need to achieve right that's we want to achieve those rents so we have to achieve that condition okay so that let's say you've got your bill of materials or your shopping list how are you costing yeah. it out how are you especially in a, in a world like we are today in covid maybe this is more of an anomaly but how are you ensuring that you don't under or over budget yeah well i mean certainly this is a little bit of an anomaly but how long this will last is you know we don't know. I mean, prices are still fluctuating greatly. So whatever, anything I would do. And by the way, this, even though it's maybe a little bit of an anomaly, <laughs> this happens all the time uh, where prices go up and down. It maybe doesn't happen as drastic as what we saw with the lumber prices, especially, but it happens yeah. all the time where prices go up and down uh, considerably and, and labor gets tight or labor frees up. So um 
So there's there's a couple first first of all there's a few few things and again it depends on your team and who who you trust and who you have on your team. So, so some of your property management companies will really have a good knowledge of expenses. You also want to be careful that you're not leaning too heavily on your property management company unless they are the general contractor as well. But if they're not the general contractor or they're not bringing in their own people, you know, be careful how much you rely on them unless they're going to actually guarantee that price. Yeah. Uh, which most of them won't. So, so you want to look at property management company. What is this going to cost? If you don't have the knowledge yourself, uh, what things are going to cost, you want to bring in your contractors. And so that's the importance of pre-planning when you're coming into a market. We talk about getting your team set up. Part of your team is going to be your contractor. Can we do we have good contractors in that market that can handle those types of renovations? And don't always go cheap. A, a big mistake that I've made is I try to go cheap and cheap oftentimes mean we don't get things done on time. And we don't get things done on time, we end up losing more money because we can't get them rented out. And yeah. so make sure you've got good contractors that you can rely on. And you know, that might be due diligence. So, so here, here's a, for instance, Andrew. So we had, we did this due diligence on this property that we just took, uh, we, we just dropped, just canceled. Uh, but I had a property, uh, uh, sorry, I had a contractor that we've worked with in the past. They came and walked units with us, walked exterior uh, to give us pricing. I also had three other contractors that came during the due diligence and walk the property to give us pricing on the unit renovations, on common areas, on, and then we had some specialty contractors that gave us specific prices. We had to fit, we were going to fill in a pool. We were going to yeah. uh, replace some some other things that I thought it'd be better just to have a specialty contractor. So really important to get those quotes. If you don't have your preferred contractor, even if you do, get two or three contract. I mean. Your due diligence is, if especially if you're buying a hundred plus unit building, your due diligence is going to take more than a few hours, and so get those contractors on site to be able to give you some good prices. So that way you're not in the dark. Another follow up for you, you know, obviously bringing contractors is key. Getting multiple opinions is key. What have you found to be the best success successful way of finding contractors? Is it always referrals or how are you finding them? How are you evaluating, especially if you're new to a market, right? I would say more often than not, it's going to be referrals. Yes. Especially if you're new to a market. So I'm asking my property management company. I'm asking my, um, <clears throat> I'm asking my broker, I'm asking my lenders if they're, especially if they're in that area, I'm asking the appraiser. I'm asking if we hire an inspector, I'm asking the inspector. Um, we are also looking at some of the properties that are being renovated right now. Who's renovating those properties. So sometimes we will show up to, we've done this before where we've shown up to job sites that are going on with with properties that are being renovated and found out who the general contractor is and contact them and say, Hey, we got another project just down the road. Love to have you take a look at it. Cool. Cool. I mean, in terms of, let's say you're an out of state investor, um, you know, how, how are you overseeing the execution of projects, right? Are you going out there periodically to check on the asset or you always have somebody boots on the ground local? Let's say if you're 
a three hour plane ride away. It's not always practical to hop on a plane at every phase yeah. of the project. So how are you managing that? Yeah, it, you have to have boots on the ground. Uh, in my opinion, you have to have somebody that's going to be there. Potentially, it's somebody within the property management company, depending on how they're set up. Yeah. Uh, potentially, it's somebody outside of the property management company, uh, depending on how that's set up. So we had a, a property in Kentucky. Uh, I hired a guy that it was just a, a kind of a gig, basically a part time. He was he was an inspector. Um, and so he would just come to the property periodically, uh, but he was right there. He would take pictures. Uh, anytime they wanted to do a draw, he was the guy doing the walk through the draw. Um, unless I could get there, which, you, you know, nine times out of 10, there's no way I can just jump on a plane randomly. Now I do yeah. jump on plane randomly still to make sure stuff's getting done, but you have to have a non, a non-interested third party, in my opinion, um, taking pictures, you know, just, just doing random walks, um, making sure their presence is, is there. Uh, and the bigger the project, the, the more often they should be there. Right. So we've got these massive repositions that we're doing and we've got a guy that's working on it full time, mm. uh, there at the property, making sure materials are there sourced, making sure the contractors doing the right thing at the right time, permits are being pulled. Inspectors are, you know, uh, being, be, you know, it, all that stuff, architects, you know, and understands what's going on, like all of that stuff. So that, so he's there every day, more or less. He's there every day. Okay. Every what, if, day. what about on your more traditional, like let's say lighter value add interior renovations, maybe some exterior refreshes at once a week, is it once a month? What's- yeah. Oh, I would say for sure once a week. Um, but it, uh, like, look, it could be, uh, those are probably pretty quick. Right. So, so that's where you go. Just set aside a little budget for that because look, I mean, all you have to, you have to have somebody that has some knowledge. It could be a licensed uh, inspector. It could be a licensed contractor. It it could, it could just be somebody who has, uh, you know, a a lot of knowledge of a friend or a coin is somebody, you know, who's in that, but maybe it's even, maybe it's even somebody you, you tell property management company, like this, this is what I want. I'm willing to pay extra to have, Somebody there that's going because they don't have to have a ton of knowledge of construction, but it's nice for them to have some knowledge so they can pick out like, hey, that's not the way it's supposed to be done. Right. But hmm. the biggest thing is we want them to take pictures. We want to be able to help hold them accountable. Uh, yeah. It's nice for material sourcing to make sure everything's you know there and at the right time. Uh, but but for smaller projects, it's really about just taking pictures, making sure things are being done at on a timely fashion. So more like a project management type role more than a specialist yeah. in a trade. Yeah. 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 And you it's, mentioned- it's nice, Again, it's nice having somebody that really has that knowledge. Uh, and here's the other thing I would say. It's, it's great having somebody that has quality, the same quality control and vision as you do. Yeah. I had a guy who is, was more of an apartment flipper and he didn't care about quality. It was, let's slap this lipstick on the pig and get it done with. And, and it still looks like a pig, but most tenants just don't see it. Right. Cause yeah. the, the tenant, it, it, they go and they come in this property, they go, Oh, it looks beautiful. But they don't see that they only used uh, one coat of paint and the previous coat is flashing through. They they don't see the paint runs that are coming down the cabinets. They don't 
you know, they don't care that the paint is going to peel off the cabinets in six months. Uh, that type yeah. of stuff. Right. Well, so, so I've had some trouble with, with the, the quality control. So make sure you're hiring the person that does care about that type of stuff and knows what you really want to look for. Um, and it's not going to take the shortcuts or allow the shortcuts to happen. Cause I've gone, I've showed up on properties and, uh, and, and let loose pretty good because yeah. of some of that stuff. It's, so you're kind of leading into my next question. Would you be willing to share more, maybe a more painful lesson learned with a past project or something that, uh, maybe, Hey, this is good advice for, for our listeners. I mean, I, I don't know. There's so, there's so many uh, <laughs> lessons learned. Uh, I, th- I, I think uh, I already kind of mentioned just, just making sure you've got that quality control on site, uh, making sure you're hiring people. I mean, I thought I could manage stuff from way afar and and let the property management kind of company or the, the on-site, I should say, my on-site staff be the yeah. leader in charge. And, and some people are okay at that and others aren't. So how do you really trust that yours? They're, they're not, that's not what their job is, right? Right. And so, but I've allowed that to happen. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we don't know how much we're spending on these unit renovations because nobody keeping track of that. We don't know how many, what units are actually getting done and not. And, oh, did, did everything get done or just some of it get done? Uh, so you got to make sure, in my opinion, you have to have somebody that you have that's a project manager that's on site. They're on site once, twice, three times a week. And again, it doesn't need to be for the whole day. It could be just be for an hour, uh, but they're going through, they got their checklist. They got, they take their pictures um, and we're really making sure that the things are getting done that's supposed to get done. Uh, that's probably been my biggest mistake is just thinking I can do it all from, from afar. Uh, one, one of my favorites is, this was dealing with the person that was um, not quality control. And I show up at this property uh, and I just was fired up and we are walking through and literally the guys that were working on the property were standing outside waiting for us to finish our walkthrough. And I am completely destroying the, the, um, the, the workmanship that's being done. And I'm talking to the project manager and how crappy everything is. The, <laughs> look at this paint, look at this, look at this, this is trash. And I'm talking loud and I'm, I'm, I'm pissed, right? Sure. And these guys that did all, that were doing all that work are standing right outside. And I know they heard everything I said, uh, but I didn't care. I was so pissed yeah, because sure. like the quality, I don't, I and, and Right or wrong, I don't like crappy work. I, I just did just irritates me. If I'm gonna pay for it, my firm belief is if I'm gonna pay for this work to be done, mm-hmm. it better be done right. Because here's the thing: CapEx costs a lot of money, but CapEx is not a pass, it's not like a uh, it doesn't affect your NOI. It's not your it doesn't affect your net right. operating income, right. So I want to spend, I would rather spend a little bit more money now to have it done right than to have to, every time I have a tenant move out, I have to repair all the crappy stuff that was done. And now that hits my NOI. Yeah. And so, yeah, you and I talked about the example. I think, I think I was putting together a project and I was picking your brain. We talked about the resurfacing, the countertops or the bathtub versus the replacement, right? It's a good example of resurfacing, by the way, is a fancy word for slapping a coat of paint on it. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not there for the long-term durability, right? No. And that was the type of stuff that this guy was doing. And I'm like, wait a second, who approved this stuff? I'm like, how did we get approval for why are these countertops painted? I said, no painting. And look, this vanity countertop is painted, but they also painted the freaking sink. Like it's already peeling. And somebody ran, somebody ran water in it one time and it's peeling. That's creative. That's, yeah. that's a maintenance issue for me now, all the time into the future. Anytime a tenant uses that counter, they, 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 you know, their plates scrape that paint and they're like, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, sure. It looks great because now we got that unit done and renovated for $6,000. And I'm excited because he's doing a great job, right? He's $6,000. I was expecting yeah. nine. Well, that's why is because we're doing crappy stuff. I'd rather spend that extra $3,000 and not have to ever worry about that stuff on a unit turnover. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So we hit a lot on the quality control and the importance of having the right people on your team. You hit on some painful lessons learned. Any any last words of wisdom for our listeners? Uh, parting thoughts from uh, the old wise one? <laughs> Did you just call me old? Yeah. Come on. Hey, say maybe, maybe more or less. So I'm calling myself uh, old too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so no, I, I think um, really just making sure, again, find quality contractors don't skimp because you're trying to save money. Now I'm not telling you go spend the biggest amount of money on, on just the, just because they're high end contractor. You also have to look at what type of work you're doing. When I still quality control is still quality control, but we can, we can get a paint job done at, you know, level a, or we can get a paint job done at, at, you know, our level that we need to. So, I mean, we, there, there's certain things that, yeah, we're gonna, we're not gonna use the best, highest quality paint that you probably don't even need to anyway, because you're gonna need to repaint it regardless, right? And right. so we're gonna, you know, so you got to be wise and you got to think of the again the, the contractor. We don't need the contractor that's gonna do cove ceilings and can, you know, put put together beautiful woodwork and. Uh, that's not needed, right? We want the contractor who's uh, good quality, fast, uh, and, and can give us a, a sound price. So I think that's huge. I think making sure that everybody's on the same page. I want to make sure my property management company understands the scope, fully understands the scope and exactly what we're trying to get out of it. And I want to make sure my contractor and my project manager, who again is not hired by the contractor, I want to make sure they know and understand the scope. And the last thing is I want to make sure everything's in writing. Uh, every change order is in writing. We sign every one. single change order. We sign the contract. Oh, by the way, Use your own contract. Don't use your contractor's contract. If they won't let you use your own contract, don't use them as a contractor. That's a good they one. I want you to use your own contract so you can have things set up the right way. That's great. No, I really like that last one. The last one, and this is dealing with the contract. Understand how you're paying the contractor. You got to know how you're paying the contractor. And they have to understand it too. Is this a draw process through a bridge lender? Um, how, how, how much are they keeping track of things? You know, if it's a draw process with the lender, make sure that the contractor actually understands 
everything they're going to have to give you in order to get their money. Because if they don't, and it's all of a sudden the first draw and they submit an invoice and the lender goes, I need these seven things as well. The contractor's frustrated. Yeah. They don't have that <laughs> stuff. Like, oh, we're working backwards. It just, it pisses everybody off and they want yeah. their money. You want the work to get done. So it's not fun. Understand. Yeah, not fun. Not fun. Well, thanks so much for sharing uh Quite, you know, decade or a de- couple decades of wisdom. I know you, you've done your share of flips prior to multifamily, so you've you've heard yeah. about your hands dirty. So, thanks again for joining us. Uh, if our listeners want to get in touch with you, if they miss the first episode, how do they do so? What's the best way? A uh, couple ways: web- website venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com. They can go certainly on there and connect with me. Uh, I'm on. Uh, the, probably the best is, is LinkedIn as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a free ebook on my uh, website uh, as well. And then um, they can connect with my podcast through that website. They can connect with my coaching through that website. Coaching websites, coach with Dex. Otherwise, they can, again, they can go to that Venture Deep Properties. And his podcast, by the way, is Pillars of Wealth Creation if you missed the uh, first episode. So check it yeah. out. It's a, great, it's a great show. Thanks again, Todd. Thanks for joining, man. It's always great yeah, to talk absolutely. to you. Yeah, absolutely. Good to talk to you. Thanks for listening in with us for another episode of the Crushing Cash Flow Podcast. We have a small favor to ask of all of our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Each subscription and rating will help us massively toward our goal of helping reach as many listeners as possible each week. Thank you very much once again for listening. We're thrilled to have you with us as part of this journey, and we can't wait to share more of these stories with you. Stay tuned for much more to come.